Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thursday, November 16th, 2017. I'm Jeremiah Isley. This is Board Games FM, powered by TheologyOfGames.com. Just want to continue that call for help this morning. And I've got another segment coming up right after this. But if you're at PAX Unplugged this weekend or BGG Con, there's two big cons happening right now. Uh, let us know that you're there by calling into the station and covering the con for us. You can be an honorary beat reporter for Board Games FM and Theology of Games. Call in, let us know what's hot, what we just have to know, what you got to tell the world about that's going on at these conventions. We would be eternally grateful for it, and we would just be so thankful and I just think it's going to be a lot of fun. Have everybody call in, let us know what's going on, tell us what's happening, what the hot game is, what just all the news. Let us know all the news, all right? So thanks so much for listening. I'm Jeremiah Isley with Board Games FM, and I've got a little sneak peek of The Thing, Infection at Outpost 31, coming up right now. Hey, everyone, Jeremiah back here once again. And I'm coming to you this time. I've got a little sneak peek. I guess it's a it's one of our first impressions segments of the thing infection at Outpost 31. So here's the here's the vitals on the game. Uh, four to eight players says running time is about 60 to 20 minutes for a game, and it says ages 17 and up. And I'm guessing that's because of theme. And there's some language on the cards that you know came from lines in the in the movie so it's, it's a little rough here and there but it's mostly in the flavor not necessarily in the gameplay so the game plays like this and i'm not going to give you the full description of it because we just don't have time in this segment to do that but here's my here's my my condensed description of how it feels it feels like a stripped down battlestar galactica mixed with and amped up the resistance so in the resistance everybody is picking a team to go on a mission and then everybody that's on the mission votes success or failure and then you try to root out who's the bad guy by that well you do similar things you have a captain who's in charge of going on a mission but as you go on that mission yes there can be an imitator in there who's infected and can slip in a sabotage card. Sometimes that sabotage card is an automatic failure. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it requires somebody to discard cards out of their hands. It requires the captain to discard cards that equal certain values or or uh, just meet certain criteria. So it can cripple the mission that way. Uh, but once you're on that mission, if it's sabotaged or not, there are still things you have to do. The missions are not just abstracted. So you actually have to go to a room, you have to clear it. Hopefully you find some equipment that you need or a thing. If you find a thing, then you have to battle it and defeat it. And you do that, you try to clear the base and make your way out. At the end of the game, if you do make it to the escape phase, whoever is the captain at that point has to pick people who are going to get on the helicopter and leave. If they bring somebody that's been infected, then everybody loses and the infected people win 
and vice versa. If they get all non-infected people onto the helicopter and leave only the infected behind, then the the normal human types win. So I really had a we had a blast with it. We had five people. It plays four to eight. And I think seven or eight might actually be the best for it. I ended up, I was the only infected person, so it was kind of hard for me to get on missions and sabotage because it kind of, they kind of found it out pretty easily uh, that I was infected. And so it, it was difficult being just the only one. I think it would be better if there were more people and more opportunity for folks to be infected. Um, and as the game plays on, there's more blood test cards that are dealt out. So there's more chances that somebody that was good is now infected and now is bad. So it kind of has that sleeper Cylon thing that Battlestar has going on. Uh, but we had a, we had a great time with it. It did play in about a little, maybe an hour or so with rules and, you know, kind of checking rules here and there to learn some things. I, I think it's, it's going to be a game that's going to hit the table more often than I maybe thought when I first got it. Um, it's it scratches a lot of itches, but it, you know it's it's got heavy social deducting deductive features in it and mechanics in it. But it also is not just straight social deduction. There's actually some strategic things that have to happen on the board as you're trying to keep the the base from burning down and rooms from being destroyed and people from getting killed and things like that. So uh, a lot of fun, a little bit of depth to it and just really enjoyable. And if you're into the theme, then you are going to be all about this. I was, I'm not so much into the thing, but so we had a lot of fun, and I'm almost out of time for this segment. If you've played this, let me know. Are you excited to see more about this? I'll be doing a review on That's How I Roll this week, where I'll describe it further. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Jeremiah Isley with Board Games FM. Hey there, everybody. This is AJ Skifstad again. I'm coming at you from Board Games FM, powered by Theology of Games. Just wanted to follow up on The Thing. Um, from our, our playthrough last night, I was actually uh, in the game group that played it with Jeremiah, and I just have to agree with almost everything uh, Jeremiah has said. The game is definitely stripped down Battlestar Galactica, amped up resistance. It's the midweight between the two. It's going to play in 45 minutes, and not two and a half hours, but it's not going to play 15 minutes either. You've got the social deduction where you're trying to get on missions, just like you would in the resistance. But you've also got the, um, the other aspect of the, the missions actually mean something. You're actually trying to do something on these missions, just not put pass and fail cards. And uh, like you would in Battlestar, you have more going on, uh, but not super overloaded. That's why it kind of falls right in the middle. Love that. The only thing I disagree with is I think this game shines with five. We played it once, so how can I get my judgment from that? Well, I, I just, I think with eight player, here's the deal. We had a hard enough time uh, getting past each sector with just one, um, I can't remember, it's not infected, I can't remember what they were called, but with, with just one, how um, oh, I wish I could remember what it was called, one bad guy, we had enough trouble with just one bad guy. And the problem was, was there was a possibility of more bad guys being added through the game. Now with eight players, I just feel like that's way too chaotic. These missions were already difficult enough for us to try and uh, get through. 
let alone having a saboteur out there and knowing that possibly another saboteur could come in during the game. Now, in our game, another one did not come into play, but uh, there's a good chance that another one would come into play. And if you play with more players, you're going to be starting with two anyways, uh, rather than just the one. So it's going to happen. And um, I just feel like it, it would get too crazy. There'd just be too much going on. And, and at the end, people would just say, that really wasn't fun. We only had eight turns to try and beat this. And uh, it, we had no idea by the end of eight turns who was who. I just don't, I don't think it would play well with eight, my opinion. The other guys, actually everybody that we talked to last night thought it would play better with more players. I disagreed. Uh, but I also think a lot of games don't play better with more players, which brings me to Cutthroat Kingdoms by AEG, which we played last night. We played it with the max number of players. Cutthroat Kingdoms is a game where you're going to be vying for territories that are around the board. Once you get those territories, you're going to collect their resources each round, and then you're going to try and take more territories in that round. Uh, bring back your soldiers from the dead so they can again in, in future rounds take over more territories. You can do anything in Cutthroat Kingdoms to stop people from taking your territories, make alliances to allow people to um, help you battle uh, somebody else's territory. And what we found was there was a lot you could do on your turn. And with six players, the downtime was ridiculous. I'm talking almost 10 minutes before it came back to my turn. And I'm not joking. We had a two-minute timer on each player, and we would all go over the timer. Now, we didn't care. The timer was just to kind of to help us get an idea of how long we were taking on each turn. But we, oh my gosh, it was bad. And by the time it came back to me, I had no territories left. And there was nothing I could do in the meantime because I had five other players who were going to attack me and going to use all my defense cards by the time it got back to me. So by the time it got to my resource phase, when I would collect off the territories I own, I didn't own any territories. And it was just, it was just not, not great with six players. The other thing was, was we ran out of money. We were collecting these resources so quickly that we ran out of money. Checked all the forums we could find on this game. Everybody else is running into the same issue. Uh, AEGs responded. They said in future copies they will they will introduce more money and give more money in future copies. Thankful for AEG for listening to their uh, game players and taking that measure. But you know, just having that first experience is huge. When you have that first experience and it's not great, it really sours you on a game. Now, I liked Cutthroat Kingdoms the first two rounds. As soon as we got started, I said, "Oh, this is going to be fun." And then we got to round like five, and I was like, I am done. Have you played Cutthroat Kingdoms? Let us know. Let us know your thoughts. Did you share any similar experiences? In any case, check us out at TheologyOfGames.com. See you later. Hey, it's Firestone here with Board Games FM, powered by TheologyOfGames.com. I've not received my copy of The Thing yet, so I don't have anything to contribute to that conversation, unfortunately. But um, I wanted to contribute to AJ's mention of the Pillars of the Earth reprint. Uh, I did a little bit of research and it looks like this is just a straight reprint from Cosmos. So uh, you, you could get the older version or the newer version and basically they're the same other than it appears that they introduced a rules error somehow into the new rule uh, set that they created. So you, you can just 
write in the new the new rule and, and fix that yourself on on uh, on that so it's a pretty easy fix there so getting the earlier edition or the new one as far as i understand it makes no difference but i totally recommend this game it was one of the first worker placements that i played it is really great the cards give it a lot of variety each game as to what comes out and when and it's beautiful. The, the colors on the board are great. The build, seeing the cathedral get built as the game moves on is just super great. The only problem I had with the first, with the base game, was that there was a little bit of uh, luck involved with drawing pawns out of the bag. It was a small detraction. It did not keep me from playing that game. And the expansion that they uh, printed actually fixed that problem in a great way and added a full point to that game as far as I was concerned. The base game is an 8. With the expansion, it's a 9. They Cosmos is not reprinting the expansion at this point, but they're waiting to see if the sales are strong enough to warrant that. So if you have any interest in worker placement games and Pillar of the Earth, I totally recommend that game. It is a so- solid, fun game. And if enough people buy it, then they'll reprint the expansion that makes a good game even better. So check out Pillars of the Earth. Solid, solid worker placement game. And that's it for right now. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for tuning in to Board Games FM, powered by TheologyofGames.com. Bye. Hey everyone, Jeremiah Isley here with Board Games FM, powered by TheologyofGames.com. And guess what? Well, it's contest time. That's right. We are giving away two three-day tickets to PAX Unplugged, the first ever PAX Unplugged convention. And that's taking place starting tomorrow, this weekend, November 17 through 19 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This is a $120 value. It's $60 a piece for a three-day ticket. So if you want to save some cash and go to the show Stay tuned because I've got all the details on how you can do that. So here's what we need you to do. We want you to call in using the Anchor app, call into Board Games FM right here, and answer this question. What tabletop game do you want to see turned into a movie? Now, we want you to get creative with this, all right? You can be funny and say things like, I want to see Pie Face turned into a movie, which is basically the Three Stooges. It's been done a lot. Or maybe something super cool like Mice and Mystics, which would be super rad. Uh, Whatever it is, give us a 60-second elevator pitch. Call in here using the, the Anchor app and let us know what movie it is. Give us some reasons. Just sell it to us. Tell us why you think it would be an awesome movie or an awesome game to turn into a movie. And we will award the most creative, the most awesome entry two tickets to PAX Unplugged this weekend. The only rules are that you have to favorite Board Games FM on Anchor and you have to call in using the app. We're not going to take entries from any other platform. So if you want to tweet at us, email us, uh, hit us up on Facebook. That's great, but that won't get you entered into the contest. You got to be on Anchor, favorite Board Games FM, and call in using the app. We're going to run this contest until 12 noon Eastern Standard Time 
Friday, November 17th. That's like just about 14 hours away. And that, that way we'll get you in on the first day of PAX while it's, while it's still happening. And, uh, we're super excited. We want to thank Anchor for coming along and sponsoring this contest for us. We're so glad that they were part, able to partner with us. And, uh, we are looking forward to hearing your ideas and your, your entries and your elevator pitches, if you will for the best game to turn into a movie. So get going, get calling, let's get it rolling here. I'm super excited. Let's let's hear what you got. I'm Jeremiah Isley for Board Games FM, powered by Theology of Games. It's go time.